Three, two, one, execute. Life is 10% what you make it and 90% how you take it. Hello, my name is Rick Napier, the president at 321 Biz Development located in California. Our phone number is 415-465-1700 on the West Coast and 929-399-2699 on the East Coast. 321 Biz Dev supports the sales system and business development needs for attorneys, CPAs, dentists, plastic surgeons, insurance brokers, real estate bro brokers, and flooring specialists. Today's podcast episode is about life insurance sales systems. And I must apologize, it's about 8 o'clock on the West Coast Sunday morning, and I have a slight allergy from doing lawn work uh, for about four hours yesterday. And this is what happens when you take a city boy from Florida who grew up next to the ocean and stick him in the middle of farm country in California's Sacramento Valley. But again, no complaints. I, I like it here, uh, kind of. But um, today's podcast episode, I hope people will find this as a helpful guide in understanding what's going on in the uh, life insurance sales industry and how 321BizDev used the life insurance industry as our first sales system business development item uh, back in 2013. And from that point in 2013, we launched 321BizDev uh, development in 2014. But we, we used some time in late 2012 and 2013 to identify some critical issues in life insurance sales. And when I say critical issues, I'm talking about my own critical issues. And so life insurance sales is, um, I'll just say this, life insurance is probably the hardest product to sell. And I'm talking about harder than attorney services, CPA services, dental services, plastic surgery, real estate and the reason why is because life insurance is not in the eyes of the public in the eyes of the consumer a vanity item or necessity item although it is a necessity when the time comes and you don't have life insurance it becomes an immediate necessity but before then people don't see it as a vanity item meaning um there's nothing, there's nothing you can get, you, you cannot be glorified or you cannot have some instant gratification from getting life insurance, like a tummy tuck or, or, or a breast implant or a breast reduction for that matter. That's instant gratification. You have the tummy tuck at the plastic surgeon's office, boom, you're, you got a flat stomach. Or if you want enlarged breasts or reduced breasts, breasts, boom, it's done. Same thing for dental treatment. You know, you, you want your, your mouth to look great, go to the dentist, it's taken care of. You got some pain in your mouth, it's taken care of. Life insurance sales is not like that because many people believe that there's nothing that's going to happen to them today or next week or next year. So when the life insurance person uh, thinks about growing their business, they have to approach 
the situation from a different perspective. And that's the reason why life insurance sales is so difficult. And that's the more reason why life insurance agents need a sales system. And the one that 321BizDev has created. So my own personal um, tragedy, so to speak, in life insurance sales happened when I was, you know, I was selling life insurance. I wasn't bad at it. Uh, in other words, I knew the products very well. And that's how people sort of define if they are good or not. They'll say, I'm good at what I do because I know my product very well. I know the legal system. I know the dental. I know the accounting. I know the plastic surgery. I know real estate. So that was my thing. I, I was like, well, I know all the products. I know how they work. I can explain them in, in my sleep. But knowing your products well does not equate to growing your business and finding new clients. So it was about 2011, 2012, had some medical issues in the family, had some issues with the boys going to college and moving out of state. And, you know, I had one son that had a major knee incident running track. So all those things combined took my mediocre performance in life insurance sales and made that mediocre performance not good enough. So I was selling, but at, at, at a time when I needed to sell a lot more, I just wasn't good enough. I was meeting with people. I just wasn't closing. I mean, I'd missed out on several $7,000 commission sales because I didn't have a great sales system. I didn't know what I was doing when it came to meeting with the person and building that dialogue and building that rapport. All I knew is that I knew the product and this person was a good candidate to buy it. And what the prospect saw was I just wanted the money and I would do and say anything to get the money, even though the product would have done everything that the person wanted, the prospect wanted. That's what they saw because I was delivering that, that, um, that, that, that mental part from me to the prospect. That's the message that I was sending. So I missed out on some sales and then some bad things happened or some unfortunate things happened in the family. And I said, oh, I got to fix this problem. I got to find out what's freaking wrong with my uh, insurance approach. So let me stop right there and let me tell people how a lot of insurance agents get into the insurance business. Okay, so if you back up like 20 years ago, uh, there were I think a company like Primerica has been around for a long time. Uh, they call themselves, they, they used to call themselves A.L. Williams. And I was an agent for that company for about a month when I was in the military down in San Francisco. So, but this conversation is not about A.L. Williams. I just want to uh, give people the platform or the organization, the org chart of how a lot of uh, insurance oper insurance companies operate today. So before, so if you take away Primerica, what you have is insurance companies that need agents to sell. Now it's too expensive for these insurance companies to hire agents to sell because fact, most agents, um, 
don't know how to sell and it's too expensive for the insurance companies to hire people and train them how to sell and then the training doesn't stick so the agent ends up quitting and i've already mentioned that the training fees if you look back at 20 years ago the training fee to get an agent properly trained would have been about ten thousand dollars about 20 years ago now that's now it's thirty thousand dollars so you can see the dilemma that insurance companies were in they said oh we need agents to sell our products but and we're talking about life insurance we're not talking about auto or home or or work workers comp that's a total total different ball game we're talking about life insurance products so these companies said well what can we do to uh, get more agents to sell our life insurance products and then the idea similar to what Primerica did they they had this thing called the IMO which is the insurance marketing organization so I'm done talking with talking about Primerica Primerica is not the uh, the the purpose of this uh, podcast episode so when insurance companies looked at the IMO model they said, oh, we need someone outside of our company to lead these IMO models. So people with some money and people with some insurance experience, they said, yes, we can do that. My name is George and, you know, I want to be a, a general agent, a managing general agent. I think they call them MGAs. And that MGA's job is to hire a bunch of agents as 1099 independent contractors. So these independent contractors, they don't, they're not guaranteed a salary. They're not, um, they don't have any benefits or anything. They just come on with the purpose of selling the life insurance and receiving, you know, above average commissions than let's say an employee of an insurance company would receive, which might be just a salary and maybe 5% commissions. Well, the insurance company or the, or the people who work for insurance companies under the IMO model might make 50, 70, 80% commission. So the MGA, the IMO company owner, hires all these agents and said, we have all these carriers that you can sell for. And here's like 50, 60, 70% uh, commission split. And let's go out there and do it. So how agents come on board with these IMOs, the IMOs say, you can get rich. <laughs> some do that. I'm not all, but some say, you know, if you start with our company and you spend three months and you hit these certain goals and you, you make, uh, you close like five deals or 10 insurance policies in the first 90 days, you'll be on your way to uh, make a lot of money and do great things and go on trips and by the way, you can also build teams. So now we're talking about, um, I want to say the multi-level marketing structure, but it's 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 really just a hierarchy. It's not really like multi-level marketing, even though it has that structure. It's just a hierarchy of agents under other other agents under other agents under other agents. And so the the Wednesday night pitch to people looking to get into the insurance business turns out to be a pitch where you can make a lot of money. 
And there's nothing wrong with that. I'm a capitalist. But what the challenge has been and still is today is there's no sales systems involved when during these IMO pitches, these insurance marketing organization pitches. There is no sales system used. So what happens is the new the person becomes licensed um, and they're ready to go out and do some insurance sales and the insurance IMO, the IMO says, talk to your friends and family first. And what happens, <laughs> I keep saying what happens, this is just like a, like a dance or a play. So yeah, what happens is maybe one person out of the family says yes to an insurance policy. Friends and family say no for many different reasons. I don't want to get into those reasons on this podcast episode. But so now that the person has sold to one family member or one friend, then the person doesn't have any more prospects. And the IMO doesn't help because they're not training agents how to how to maximize or use a sales system. Most agents quit. In fact, I think there was a stat that said like 80 to 90 percent of agents quit in the first year because they aren't making any money and uh, it's just not a, a profitable thing for them. But it's really the IMO's fault that the agent is not making any money. See, the IMO, their purpose is to have insurance carriers sign up with them. I mean, many of these carrier carriers you may not know. You may have heard of Mutual of Omaha. And you may have heard of, let's see, what else? Um, maybe a MetLife. They have an independent contract situation. There are a lot more carriers out there that the average consumer has never heard of. And these carriers are excellent. They have A-plus ratings. They've been around for a long time. They just don't have a uh, employee sales force. So they use the independent sales force. So some of these IMOs, well, I would say almost all of the IMOs, and I'm not trying to uh, put down IMOs. I'm just telling the truth. Most of them do not have any sales systems. And there are some that I know of that really don't care about the agents. All they care about is finding enough agents where those agents can somehow sell policies. I remember sitting in the meeting like in 2014, 2015, because I am an agent. I was out for a few years, but now I am an agent again. And I recall when I was uh, sitting in a meeting, one of the uh, IMO presidents spoke and he said in a crowd of 50 agents, he said, I know that only 10% of you will sell. And so that's what our, our goal is, is to grow our, our agent base and knowing that only 10% will succeed. Okay, so I'm sitting there looking, listening to that, and I'm a corporate, former corporate sales manager who used to train and manage, you know, account executives. There's no way in hell I would tell agents that for every 10 of you, for every 10 of you, only one of you will succeed, and we don't care about the other nine. See, that's, that's some crap right there, and that's when I knew that some IMOs are on only in it for the money. They say if we recruit 1,000 agents, 
well, a hundred will succeed and we will make our money off that 100 agents efforts. And that's a shame, folks. That, that is definitely a shame. So, uh, so in closing in the IMO model, it's, it's, it's good. If you, if you have some experience, it's good. If the IMO offers sales system training, and I did work for one that for about uh, 90 days, the IMO let me train their agents. And here's a scenario. Before the 321 sales system training, the IMO would have about 10 people show up to their Wednesday night training, which really wasn't a training. It was really, okay, so here's how the annuity works. Okay, so most people, that wasn't their problem. They knew how annuities and life insurance works work. Their challenge was they didn't know how to close. They didn't know how to prospect people. So for a three-month period of time, I started training the agents. And this is a, a an agent force locally in the in the Northern California of about 150 total people, but only 10 were showing up. So we started making announcements that we we're going to have this training. So over a 90-day period of time, at the end of the 90 days, we had 60 agents show up to the Wednesday night training. And the training was about sales system. It was about, it was about contacting, prospecting, appointment setting, closing, and getting zero cost referrals. So <laughs> the funny thing that happened, this one uh, sort of like managing agent, uh, not an owner, but an agent that, ha that sells lots of uh, annuities, became upset because she was no longer the highlight of the Wednesday night training. She had been not pushed aside, but the owner said, hey, I need to make some money. I need more agents trained to sell. So she took a 90 day break of being the, the big deal. And so after 90 days, she went back into the uh, owner's office. And I kid you not, I hate to say it, I hate to say this, folks. But she went into the owner's office with a low cut blouse on with all the girls showing pretty much and said, I'm going to make up this name for the owner. Fred, I want to start doing the Wednesday night trainings again. Um, you know, Rick has had his time. So I want to go back to doing the Wednesday night training. And again, low cut blouse and all her girls were showing. And Fred, being mesmerized by the girls, said, "Okay, Helen. Helen is not Helen is not her real name. Okay, Helen, you can do Wednesday night trainings again. Rick, you're out. I kid you not. That's what happened. So those 50, 60, 70 agents that were showing up on Wednesday night, that number dropped back down to eight to ten, and it was so sad." And I went to the owner. I said, Fred, what happened? Oh, well, you know, uh, uh, Helen wants to do her annuity training and talk about her grandkids. See, I'm just letting people know that it's there's a course that I took and I'm, I'm going to wrap it up now. There's a course that I took. And when I was studying for economics, it was called operations research. And the operation research class looked at about 10 big companies, companies like like Pillsbury, uh, maybe uh, Procter & Gamble, uh, you know, big companies, you know, big Intel, stuff like that. 
Hewlett Packard. And what it showed was when there was ever a problem with the company, it wasn't the low level worker. It wasn't the middle level manager. It wasn't even the senior management to some respect. It was the owner that was responsible for making the change and fixing the problem. Except sometimes the owner, A, didn't know or sometimes knew and did not want to exercise the authority that he or she had. So I'm just letting people know life insurance sales can be a piece of cake if you have the front end training of, of how to contact, prospect, set appointments, uh, close and get zero cost referrals. Otherwise, life insurance sales can be a nightmare and you won't make a lot of money. Consumers won't be served and it, it'll be a waste of time for you to join a life insurance IMO that does not have a sales system in place. So if you are a life insurance agent and I'm speaking to you on this podcast episode and you think you need that training or if you are a manager or an IMO company owner and you're able to say, man, that Rick is right. I have 300, 400, 500 agents and the majority of them are not selling and maybe it's because I don't have a sales system so they can succeed. So thank you for listening to this podcast episode. My name is Rick Napier, the president at 321Biz Development, website 321bizdev.com, phone numbers, West Coast 415-465-1700, East Coast 929-399-2699. Thank you for what. <laughs> Thank you for watching this podcast episode. I got to say that this podcast episode is uploaded to Spotify, which now has a video feature. And if you're not listening on Spotify, you're just you're probably just getting the audio. But either way, if you're seeing the video or listening to the audio, thank you for checking out 321 Biz Development. Take care and make it a great day.